Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we thank you that you're so great, Lord. Thank you so much for your goodness, your love, your care, your justice. Father, thank you so much. We, we just love you and we love being in your house and in your presence. Thank you, Father, so much in the precious name of Jesus. As you're being seated today, tell someone that he's great and I'm so grateful to and for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Are you grateful for our, I'm grateful for our worship team. I just returned back on Thursday morning, and it was a whirlwind trip. I ministered a total of eight times in two weeks, five times at one church and three times at another, plus I attended a conference, and then I spent time with my brothers and my family and my daughter. Uh, I think I was in five different cities in 14 days and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I was in two great churches, you know, uh, large churches that, where I spoke, and, I, I was, and, and they're great. One of them's my brother's church, and, and you know, the other is a good friend of mine. And, uh, but I tell you, you know, when I was just standing there today, I was just grateful to be home. And, you know, er, you know, and I don't know, I think God just does that for us. I think, you know, I, I just heard some great worship teams, but I'm standing there thinking, I love our worship team. I just love our house. So it's so good to be home. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. So I'm um, going to continue. Uh, I, next, next month we'll do it. We're going to start a series next month, and I believe I got direction. But for the rest of this month, we have Cole Stringer next week, which I, I'm looking forward to. And, you know, bring somebody next week. It'll be great. Uh, but we're going to do Glad You Asked for a few more weeks. So here's a question that we're going to answer today. Uh, great question. It's, in a nutshell, how do I set spiritual boundaries in my life? What part would God play and what part would I play in setting boundaries? So we'll pray and we'll look into that. Father, I first of all thank you uh, as we pray for this uh, service, uh, this message. Lord, I, I want to lift up Australia and our government to you and our nation. Father, I just thank you that you work, that the heart of the king and all the leaders are in your hand and you turn those hearts the way that you desire. So Father, we pray, Father, for this nation that you are turning the hearts of those in leadership to righteousness and godliness and that we thank you that Australia will be saved in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you as we open up your word, Father, that you strengthen me physically, Father, that you uh, open everyone's ears, and Father, that you speak through us. We give you uh, all the praise and all the glory for everything in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so great question that we're looking at today. And, uh, of course, we'll do the best that we can to answer it. If you notice, it says spiritual boundaries. So how many of you have heard of the book Boundaries? There's a book out there called Boundaries. Actually, there's a series of them, and, and they're, they're great. 
So I recommend the Boundary series, uh, and those are real practical. Today, we, you know, of course, we can't cover everything, so today we're going to talk about spiritual boundaries, but you can always get that. And then maybe later on in a relationship series, we can talk about boundaries like more like those kind of boundaries, which are very important also. So as we answer this question, and we're talking about boundaries, uh, we want to uh, say this, that there's certain things that God does. So the question was, what part would God play and what part would I play in setting boundaries? So first of all, let's look at three things that God does. And sometimes we forget, like this first one, it's easy to forget that God did this. So look at Acts chapter 17 and verse 26. It says, He made every nation of men of one blood to live on all the face of the earth. And now look at this. Ordaining four appointed seasons and boundaries of their dwelling. Isn't that amazing? So, like, we're sitting here today, and, I, you know, I was born in the United States. I've lived on four continents. I, you just don't leave a, a continent or a nation just because you think it's a good idea. Well, I know people do that, but once you get into the body of Christ and then you get uh, following God, like, for me, I just not, I'm not, not going to pick up and go somewhere because I know that God places me. And so we could see by looking at this Scripture that God not only put us in a place, he even put us in a, in a season. So in other words, we're all alive right now because God put us on the earth at this time. Now, I'm glad that I'm here at this time and not another time. This is an exciting time because we're getting close to Jesus coming back. So it's an exciting time to be here. But God did that. So this is, these are like things that God does. But then he also put us in the place that we are, the location. So, I, as I said, I was born in America, but now I'm a citizen in Australia, and I'm happy about it. So God chose to do that. So what can we say about that when it comes to this boundary? You know, it's not good for any of us to complain about where we are and when we are, because God chose to put us here now. And so aren't you thankful that you are here now? I am. Uh, so that's the, the first thing we'll say that God does. Now, here's something else that God did, and we won't spend a lot of time, but he first loved us and planned our salvation. And thank God for that, that we love him because he loved us, and we don't, that's, these are big things that God does, and they're way too big for us to do anything about, but God does these things. And then the third thing that God did that is also something we can't do is he places us in the body of Christ. So he put us here in this season, and he put us here in this country, in this place, but then he also puts us in a place in the body. And you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 18, it says, but now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. And so whether or not we like it, God actually places us in the body. Now, maybe you're here and you don't feel like you're right in your groove or your slot. And if you don't feel like you're slotted in and, you know, in the right groove right now, hey, wasn't there a Disney movie about the groove, the emperor's groove? See, I watch cartoons, you know. But so because of children, you know how that is. Um, but so he, he puts us... He'll put us in a place, a location. 
in a season, and then he also places us into the body. So then additional things, and then we're, we're you know, just reminding us that he gave us his word so we could know him, follow him, obey him. These are all things that God does. Uh, his word includes teaching, encouragement, instructions, guidelines, and promises, just to name some things. Uh, he's always there for us. These are all things, you know, we're, we're going to talk about how we set boundaries, but this is all things that God does. He's there for us all the time. I mean, we, we sometimes, in a hard, tough situation, we might not think he's there, and we might not go to him, but he's always there for us. Uh, he doesn't leave us or forsake us, and sometimes we think because of our performance or something that we're, you know, how, you know, how we are that he would leave us or forsake us, but he loves, I love that, that we were talking about his lovely name and all, but he loves the unlovely. He loves those that don't love themselves. So he doesn't leave us or forsake us. He loves us as we are, and he also loves us into change. So uh, even though we, uh, some people come and they're not in such great condition, he loves them just like that, but he also will love them into change. He doesn't beat them into change. He doesn't condemn them or guilt them into change, but he loves everyone into change. Aren't you thankful for that? And then, uh, of course, he made us new creatures in Christ, and he set us in heavenly places and set us in his body. So we'll just say this, and then we're going to look into the question about how we set the boundaries. Uh, but the Bible has knowledge and wisdom for every situation we'll face in life. I know that's really simple. We say that a lot, but it is God's word that has it all. So there isn't a situation that exists that God doesn't have something to say about. We can get anything we need from him, okay? So with that said, let's look at this and start talking about this, uh, answering this question. So Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it's a great scripture about boundaries. And it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. That's the New King James Version. And then what you see up there is I put three other translations for that second phrase there. So one of them says, for from it flow the springs of life. Another translation says, for out of it are the outgoings of life. And then another one says, for it determines the course of your life. So keeping your heart, we're talking about boundaries here. And so keeping your heart, guarding your heart with all diligence. And, and so this is an interesting thing because we say, well, what's God's part and what is our part? And we could say that God gave us everything that we need so we can keep our heart. But keeping our heart and what comes out of our heart will determine boundaries in our life. Now, you might say, how do you come up with that? Well, here's how that we're, we're going to see it. You see the word issues there in the New King James, that first. Go, if you go back there, look at that word. Go back a screen where it says, for out of it spring the issues of life. Well, that's a Hebrew word. You know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And so that is a Hebrew word. Now, that same Hebrew word, I underlined it in all the other three translations so same hebrew word issues springs outgoings the course that hebrew word now if we look at it and see some of the meanings of it it's a feminine noun meaning a border a border we're talking about boundaries an extremity an end point 
It refers to the endpoint or extreme reach of a border or borders or border extremities. That's that Hebrew word. Okay, so now, so think about what it's saying when we go back, go back to that scripture now and say, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the borders, the extremities, the endpoint of our lives. Isn't that interesting? And so God does things and he does his part but then let's talk about how what we do for our part sometimes that we think everything that happens is god but there you know and we'll, we'll we'll talk about this here a little later but you might be boxed in and you may think god boxed you in but it could be something from the outside that boxed you in and you don't like your borders or boundaries right now and you can change that Okay, and we'll, 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 we'll say more about it. Now, this same word that we're looking at, it was translated two times as borders. It was translated 13 times as ended. Okay, ended, E-N-D-E-D. It was translated one time as exit. It was translated one time as farthest. All right, so that's some of the ways that it was used. Now, another way to learn about a word is to look at other scriptures. So let's look at a few other scriptures where the same Hebrew word is used, and we can learn something from that too. So look at 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 16. It says, And the Gadites dwelt in Gilead, in Bashan, and in its villages, and in all the common lands of Sharon within their borders. So here's that same word, the issues, same Hebrew word. So notice it's talking about borders. We're talking about boundaries that we can have Put up in our life so that hebrew word is talking same about borders then look at numbers chapter 34 and verse 9 that says the border shall proceed to ziphron and it shall end the word end is the same hebrew word it shall end and then it says this shall be your northern border so again notice it's the farthest reach or extent or extremity so notice uh, when it's talking about the issues of life, keep your heart with all di diligence because out of it, you're going to set your borders or boundaries, all right? You'll set, in other words, uh, you know, we always think, and, and as I've studied the Bible, I don't think this way, but I, so when I say that, my thinking is changing because I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God. But when I grew up, I always thought God was setting doing everything. So I thought he was behind it all. And so you guys know the story, if you've been here a while, that uh, when my brother, uh, epilepsy came on my brother, uh, and it was grand mal epilepsy. Uh, he started to have seizures. Grand mal is the kind when you don't know when they're coming, so you could just be talking, and all of a sudden he'll go into a seizure and fall down. So that kind of a thing. We were not into the Bible. We thought God, we took him to our our, you know, the, the pastor, and he said, well, God gave this to him because he can trust him. He trusted your brother, and he trusted you, and he, you know, so you should be thankful that God trusted you this way, so everything is God, and God gave that to you, and so, you know, you hear something like that. You don't know what the Bible says, so there, there's like a boundary there, and it's a way of thinking, and you, you can get boxed in in your thinking, and then you think, why did God do this? And so if God is behind it, there's nothing we can do about it. You see what I'm saying? And so 
it's really important to know what God does and what we do because, and if we think God is behind everything, then we'll accept it. So we didn't know, so we accepted it. So my, my brother, you know, of course you know the story, he drowned because he had a seizure near water and he drowned. Uh, I was 23 uh, and he was 21 years old. So a long time ago. Uh, so we, if we would have known what I know now, we could have done something different, but he's up in heaven. He found the Lord hours before he drowned. He confessed Jesus as Lord, so we'll be united in the end. The devil's still lost, okay? So Joshua, look at this other one, Joshua chapter 17 and verse 18. But the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent. So notice their extent, the same Hebrew word, its farthest extent shall be yours, okay? So there again, that's the same Hebrew word. You can learn something about a word and words used by looking at some other scriptures. So uh, now let's go back and read our text scripture again, Proverbs 4.23, and let's read it one more time. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the borders, the boundaries, the farthest extent. In other words, you know, we probably limit ourselves more than we think. We limit ourselves more than we think. Think about this, you know, I mean, none of, I, I haven't written any of these, I, it's not in my notes, but this just came into my heart. Before sin came into the world, its creation, God told Adam to name all the animals and everything. Do you know what kind of brain power it would take to name all the animals and everything like that. But sin wasn't in the world because Adam had not yet fallen. And so without sin as a hindrance and without that sin nature that would pull people down, Adam had tremendous brain power there to name all the animals. And so now, of course, we live in a world that sin is, but we're redeemed from it. But we cannot let the effects of sin hinder us. And a lot of us, I know myself, I probably have just scratched the surface of any, what I could be and what I could do. But I'm the one limiting myself because I can, I can dig in. I can believe God. I can put further boundaries out there by taking God's word, putting it in my mouth, in my heart, and letting it come out. And I can expand my limits, make them greater, and do more. And that's for all of us. So, you know, when it comes to setting boundaries, we probably limit ourselves with the boundaries that we set. Okay, so Proverbs 4.23, we can say, God gave us the stuff. And what is it? It's his word and his Holy Spirit. And so we talked about all that. So basically what it says, keep your heart, all right? And if we do that, we set the boundaries in our lives and that's our part. So here's a choice. Here's a choice. We can wait to see what comes to us or possess what God has already provided. You know, and, and I think, you know, most people out there, people that don't know God, people that don't know his word, they wait to see what comes to them. And it wasn't until I heard a quote 
that a minister was talking about the great Smith Wigglesworth. And boy, I don't know if you haven't heard about Smith Wigglesworth, and if you haven't read anything that he's written, I recommend you get a Smith Wigglesworth book. You can download it probably on Amazon or, or Kindle or whatever, and, or iBooks, whatever you use. And I'm sure there's Smith Wigglesworth books there. But he, it was the statement that Smith Wigglesworth made. He was a British man, a powerful man. And Smith Wigglesworth said when he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't wait to see how his day is going to unfold. He takes God's promises and he sets his boundaries and he declares how his day will unfold. And I heard that statement years ago and I thought, wow, that is really different than how I grew up. We were just waiting to see how everything, you know, and anything that happened, we thought God was behind it all. And isn't that different? So you can actually get out of the bed in the morning and you can decide these are the boundaries of my day. And then you can go bigger. These are going to be the boundaries of my life. Now, so, you know, God's taking care of all the big things. And so obviously, you know, aren't you glad that gravity still works? That we don't have to take care of the planets circling and they're not running, they're not bumping into each other in the universe. <laughs> you know, the universe is still fine. The, the gravity's fine and all those big things are fine. God does things that we can't do, but then there's things that we do, okay? And so, you know, we can think that, you know, the Bible says the devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. God's not wanting to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the devil does. So then he says, resist the devil steadfast in your faith. And so God already told us, you know, if something bad happens, it's because the devil did it, not God. You know, everything good is God. Everything bad is the devil. So if the day goes where something bad happens, it's a time to step up and say, no, I'm going to draw like a boundary here, and I'm not going to permit this. And I, and I know, because I, I'm flesh, blood, I'm human, that sometimes that's the harder thing to do. <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to just sit out the ugly thing and let the day end. And if we're all honest, I've done it, you've done it, so don't look too self-righteous. But, but we can do something different. It's our choice. Okay, one more time at this scripture, and then we're going to just talk about three things uh, real quickly. Proverbs 4.23, again, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So here's just three simple keys the setting spiritual boundaries. The first one is keep or guard your heart with diligence. That's what the scripture says. So keep it from what and keep it with what? What do we keep it from and what do we keep it with? Okay, so here's one thing that you want to keep your heart from, strife or anything else that would consume your heart that isn't God's word or his spirit. One thing that will destroy the heart is allowing strife to come in. Any kind of thing like that, bitterness, strife, all that kind of, any work of the flesh, we want to guard our heart from that. And so uh, it's interesting that, uh, and I don't know if it has anything to play. I know my mother, she was a world-class worrier, and she couldn't keep worry out, and she worried about us. And and, you know, as a result, you know, she, she had her bout with arthritis 
you know. And she, but she really struggled when it came to worrying. She, she lost a son, you know, and you lose a son. And, you know, once that happens, it's really easy to yield to then, you know, where you don't want to lose anyone else. So I got to where when I traveled, like when I was in Indonesia, and, and, uh, and I actually went to Indonesia, and the bird flu was going on. And then the people in Indonesia said, hey, there's a leprosy colony that we have a door into. Would you like to come and teach and minister in a leprosy colony? And I said, okay, because I, you know, I was younger, and I was like a real, I was very adventurous, okay, and f- fearless. So I went to a leprosy colony to minister the word, and there were chickens running around loose, and, and it was the bird flu. Now... <laughs> I knew, don't tell my mother where I'm at until, <laughs> until I'm, I'm back home and I'm okay. And so I went through the whole thing and I got back. We were living in Singapore at the time and I called her and I said, hey, you know, I just wanted, you know, I, I've been to, to Indonesia and back and I'm all fine and everything. I just want you to know everything's okay and we're in Singapore and we're safe, you know, that kind of a thing because I didn't want to give her anything <laughs> to worry about, you know. And so, you know, that kind of thing can affect the flesh when, uh, when there's worry, you know. So we want to keep it from those kind of things. Instead of letting fear, and we all have to keep fear out, everyone probably has a different area that they have to deal with fear, but it's up to us. Don't let fear consume us. Don't let worry consume Don't let strife and all that others. Be, cons- you know, it's, 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 it's a responsibility, but get, let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit be consumed with that. So keep your heart from all of that, and keep it with God's Word and the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, what we do, uh, the second thing we do is we want to choose a boundary. Okay, so like, here's an example. Psalm 91.10, it says, no harm will overtake you, no illness will, will come near your home, New Living, or NET translation. So that's like, right there is a boundary. So you want to keep your heart, you know, from and with, but then you want to have a boundary. So here's a boundary. I choose to take this boundary, and I'm going to say that no harm is going to overtake me, and no illness will come near my home. I choose that. I feed on it, and I get it, get it to where I can believe it. And then simply, the third thing is once you choose your boundary, is you, you want to release the boundary with your mouth. You want to get your heart and your mouth involved. Okay? So here's, here's the thought about this. There's always going to be somebody talking. You know, the Bible says there's many voices out there. So, you know, someone's always going to be talking. There's going to be, there's, there's chatter in the spiritual realm. The devil talks, evil spirits talk. There's a lot of voices out there. Then friends can talk. Relations, family can talk. Uh, your flesh talks, you know, uh, when you get older, your flesh talks to you more often. You know what I'm saying? And there's more things to say, okay, I, I need to draw a boundary here concerning this area. Declare what I want, okay? So somebody's always going to be talking. Uh, and our bodies, they'll talk to us. And as I said, some of the more mature ones if you're more mature. So here's, this is something that happened with me before I turned, the, there was this like voice always telling me, you're not going to make it to 50 years old. You're, you'll, you won't make it to 50. And I kept saying, I'll live and I'll not die. And I will live long on the earth according to what the Bible says. And I made 50. 
Then after I made 50, it's almost like the voice comes back and says, you're not going to make 60. I'm 63. But I kept saying, I shall live and not die. Some of you might relate. Now, there's like everyone might deal with something differently, but that's something I dealt with. So I, I declared, this is my boundary, and now I'm declaring, I'm going to make 70. You know, that, you know the, the, the devil will try to tell you. Your body will start talking to you, saying, I'm, I'm not going you know, I'm, I'm to serve you. Your body will say, I'm not going to serve you. And you have to just say, body, you will live long on the earth, and you will serve me well. By the stripes of Jesus, body, you're healed, and you set those boundaries. Okay, so like Psalm 8, in, in case you don't know, Psalm 118 and verse 17, I don't have it up there, but it says, I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Psalm 118 and verse 17. So if, the, if something's like a voice is telling you or your body's acting up, you go to that verse and say, I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Okay? So our bodies talk to us, our minds talk to us, the devil talks to us. And any talk that doesn't line up with the promise that God gave... If you don't, including me, if we don't talk, all the other talking will go on. So when we talk about setting a boundary, we can't allow any of those things to set the boundaries. Nothing from the outside, nothing speaking to our, you know, our body, nothing like that should be setting the boundaries in our life. So we go to God's Word, and we find the boundaries that we want. We feed on those boundaries and then we declare them and set the boundaries, okay? All right. So with that said, what I want to do today is I'm going to invite, uh, I want to invite our elders up here, all of them, and I'm going to just, we're going to just do an illustration. I've asked all of them, and Passy also, you can come, and I've asked all of them to get ready today, and I, I said, I want you to give a boundary. Something that you've been doing in your life, give us a boundary and what you consistently say. So we'll just start, and I'll let them. This is a great illustration, and I believe it will be encouraging to you. Um, I love what the psalmist David said in Psalm 16. He says that the boundaries for me have fallen in pleasant places. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that um, we have boundaries from God not to restrict us, love always protects he wants to protect us so bless us for me Amen. you know boundaries in my life have been about his love and his prote protection and it actually gives me then freedom mm. to live an abundant life so one of the boundaries that's been very important for me from a very early age was he spoke to me um, it's in psalm 101 verse 3 and he says i will set no worthless or wicked thing before my eyes. Now, who knows that we live in a world where there's a lot of bombardment to our eyes. And um, I'm a very visual person. I really love to see God's beauty. I feel like we're so far back. <laughs> um, I love to see God's beauty in things. So, you know, I can be mesmerised by a flower or the smile of a baby. Um, the wrinkles on an elderly person's face, you know, all those kind of things. And so I think God has used that boundary in my life to help me see him and his beauty in a world that can throw a whole lot of distracting things at us. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to just say a confession that I say that sets that boundary. 
This is my declaration. Your word says, Father God, that let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And I declare that I am redeemed, and so is my household redeemed. My husband is redeemed. My kids are redeemed. Our church family is redeemed, and I am saying so today. Sickness, you have no part on our family. Poverty, you have no part on our family. Oppression, you have no part on, the, on our family because we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I set that boundary. You cannot pass that boundary. You cannot have us because we belong to God. We're redeemed, and I say so. Amen. I like that one. Well, I try to be very practical around boundaries anyway because... The easier you put them in your life, the, the more they stay. And what I found with boundaries is oftentimes they also come with a promise. So even the tithing one we're talking about, yeah. um, that's a boundary in my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he's going to bless me. It actually says that. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. But that's not one I wanted to do, by the way. That was just to decide. I, another one was uh, found in Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Right? And I, I've, I've used that one all the time. I'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why do I need to be drunk with wine? Now, in my workplace, all sorts of things. We go on sales conferences. There's lots of uh, drinking and, and fun and all that sort of stuff. And I've resolved to put a boundary in place that I will not be partakers of that. And so everyone's drinking whatever it is and I'll be there with my ginger beer and occasionally the ginger beer looks very much like a beer bottle and oftentimes I get the reaction, Jeff, you're drinking! And I don't say I don't drink. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to be drunk. All right? And there's a standard that I put in place and oftentimes it becomes a place of where do you stand, Jeff, in the workplace? Which It's actually a witnessing opportunity many a time of where I am, where I stand and what I believe in. And God uses that as well, that boundary that I put in my life. Praise God. Well, good morning. Gee, that was a great message today, Pastor Tony. I got a lot out of that. I was excited. I was nearly going to run around. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's a boundary. And uh, depending on what we say, uh, affects what happens in our lives. And um, it also says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron. And uh, in our household, because I know that God's provided healing as part of the atonement, I've got a boundary that I don't want any sickness around me, me my family, or anything like that. And uh, we have the little thing in our, our family. If we can say something wrong, Lindy will pull me up on it. Um, so um, I remember one morning I got up, and I must have been a bit stiff. I've been to the gym or something. And I normally don't do this, but, you know, I haven't, I haven't arrived, but I've left. And if I've already given a permission to, to, to um, pull me up, I say something wrong. And I got up one morning, I said, oh, I feel really stiff today. And she said straight away, are you talking about it or are you talking to it? Because of Mark 11, verse 23, it says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he said will come to pass, that person will have whatever they say. So we need to be speaking to the mountain, speaking to our sicknesses, speaking to our aches and pains. And so I can be out walking somewhere and all of a sudden I was walking one day and my left angle started to click, click, click. So I just said, stop clicking in Jesus' name, pain, get out, kept walking and it worked straight away. So these are boundaries that we can set. 
We set these boundaries in our lives and uh, people around us, if you give them permission, they can help us to keep us sharp, amen? So these are things that we, we can control. God's provided for us, but we are the ones that have that outworking in our lives. So, you know, God will allow what we allow. And uh, if we don't allow the enemy to, it says in Proverbs 4, uh, sorry, um, James 4 verse 7, it says, submit to God. He says to resist the devil and he will flee. So that's something that we do with our own mouth or our own words. We have authority and take charge of what's happening in our own personal life. Amen. So there's boundaries that I won't let the devil try and sneak up on me. And if he does, Lindy's there to tell me, hey, something's happening. I was raised in a Christian family. And one of the things that is absolutely amazing about that is if your family knows the Lord, your family can teach you boundaries that become a way of life. And in my family, one of the boundaries that I can tell you, if you met my family, working teens run kind of the same. And one of those boundaries was is that we walk and live and refuse to step out of the joy of the Lord. No matter what circumstance or what situation comes our way, we absolutely confidently know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And stuff comes, has come our way. Stuff has come the way of my parents. Uh, my parents, my dad's 91 two days ago, and stuff came his way. But I tell you what, if you saw him and you met him, he'd be full of the joy of the Lord. And within that boundary and within that border, there is tremendous strength for anything that comes your way. The Bible says in Nehemiah and both in Psalm, hey, don't be dejected or sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Why? Because you can trust him. You can be absolutely confident that no matter what comes your way, he's on your side. He's with you. He's gone before you. He's got power. And when you walk in that joy and that confidence, your heart can be full of joy. For the joy, the Bible said, of the Lord is absolutely your strength. It's my boundary. I refuse to step out of joy. So wait, wait. Um, Karen, be so with that said, you know, tell us, like, what do you say? Like, when, you, when something tries to come on you where you are not wanting to be joyful, what do you do? What do you say? Hey, I'm going to tell you what. It's as simple as this. I slide into what I'm confident of. I not only say, hey, I refuse to walk there. I step into joy because joy gives me the place that God has intended for me. I walk there, the joy of the Lord. I refuse to move out of it and I'm happy. The movie Happiness, I am happy. I'm a happy person. I'm full of joy. Thank you. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Praise God. I've got a scripture here, and it says, uh, Ephesians 4, 31, 32, says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, and tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And when we talk about boundaries, this is, to me, the most important boundary ever in my life. Um, when I was young, I found out that the love of God in me was far greater than anything that anybody or the devil could ever do to me. And I need to rely upon his love and follow the path that that has given me in my life to walk. And he says that I'm to forgive others with the same measure that I have been forgiven. And so how much have I been forgiven? How much have you been forgiven? You know? And so when you put whatever has occurred in your life, 
whether it's circumstance, people, or any other thing, against the measure of the forgiveness that you've received from Christ, you can forgive in the power of the name of Jesus. And that doesn't have to be a shackle because I would rather a boundary set by the Word of God than a barbed wire fence that's been set by bitterness and anger and ill will. Amen? Amen. All right. So when, when something's trying to get on you and you're wanting to be, like, reactive and get in the flesh, what do you say? The love of God in me is far greater than anything that can ever happen to me, and I rely on that love no matter how I feel or what I want to do right now because I'm far greater loved than what I want to do to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Love all of you. Appreciate this supply. Love all of you guys, too. Love, love the house of God. Love God. Love his people. You can all stand up today. Um, you know, like these younger ones, Andy, you know, we heard from more mature ones. But Andy, you have, like, give us what, what boundary have you set in your life and what do you say concerning it? I always, um, one thing I'm thankful to the Lord for is how he's showed me how a peaceful spirit can just really steer something. And if there's something I want my life to be known for is the peace of God. To always be that person that when you, when you walk into a room, just the peace of God just saturates, saturates people and fills the room and it's contagious. And uh, it's, it's this, it comes from a still knowing of really just being, knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who he is, knowing in whom we believe. And that keeps us so solid as people and just so still. Nothing shakes us, nothing derails us. Amen. So when something contrary tries to come on you, what do you do and say at that moment? I actually get quiet before God sometimes. Just quiet. Sometimes I have to speak to something that's trying to come, up, come against me. But the word says to be still and know. And I, like my, my reaction at times is just be still. And in, in your heart, you can just be like, really just like edifying yourself or sometimes I'll like take time to pray in the spirit and uh, a lot of times that's actually my response if it is to get vocal it's just pray in the spirit stir up yourselves with, with other tongues and really edify your spirit and uh, yeah awesome. it's wonderful it's awesome. thank you Lord Hallelujah. praise God we're gonna sing as we go real soon before we do if everyone could please close your eyes if you're with us today and you're here you've heard all this but you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're going to say a prayer real quickly before we go. And this prayer, even though it doesn't take long to pray and it might be quick, it's the most important and powerful thing you'll do. It's a brief prayer that has an eternal, everlasting impact. And it can happen by you confessing Jesus Christ is your Lord according to what God's scriptures say. So with eyes closed, let's say this together. This is your opportunity to come into the kingdom of God. So we'll say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. In your word, you said that if we confess Jesus and believe that you raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Father, 
Jesus is my Lord. I confess Him. And I believe you raised Him from the dead. Jesus, you're welcome in my heart. I accept you as my Lord. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.